0: I want you to turn with me to 1 Samuel, uh, to the 18th chapter, and we're going to read a little bit there and get right into this, and we got some time tonight, and uh, so I'm grateful tonight, it's good to see all of you folks here in the house of God, amen, well, two of you, hey, praise the Lord, it's all right, amen, you'll wake up here in just a second, I thank the Lord, he's a faithful God, amen. And we were teaching and preaching on Sunday morning on this thought of seasons and I shared with you Sunday morning how God gave me several different um, aspects of seasons and the seasons that we go through. Um, And we just talked in general on Sunday morning about how that we all go through seasons. Seasons are a part of the uh, the whole creation of God. He created seasons, and i I shared that with you in in the book of Genesis from the very beginning. and and then Ecclesiastes, he says that to every uh, thing there is a, every time, there's a season, there's a time, there's a purpose under heaven, to everything. And uh, uh, you know, there's a time for all things. And I've been through many seasons in my life. I know that you've been through seasons in your life. I don't know what season you're in right now, but I know that God is in the midst with you. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. I want you to get that in your spirit and know that He's a faithful God. But in every season, He is there with us. And I'm going to prove to you, even in your your seasons of trials and tests and troubles and and, uh, afflictions or warfare, He is there with you. Praise God. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 18, I want to read the first through the twelfth verse and then we'll pray. When you get there, say amen. 1 Samuel 18, and it says, And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people. In and also, in the sight of Saul's servants, and it came to pass as they came when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistine that the women came out of all cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet. King Saul, with tabrets, with joy, and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul hath slain his thousands. Oh, hallelujah, praise God. He slain his thousands. And David his ten thousands. Wait a minute. And Saul was very wroth, and the saying displeased him, and he said, they have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day and forward. And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of... Of the house, and David played with his hand as at other times, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand, and Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of the presence twice, and Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. Let's pray over the word of God. Father, tonight I thank you for this privilege to come and to be here. And Lord, as we begin to break open the word of God, I pray that you will will just rest upon me let me carry a fresh anointing that will minister lord and that you will give me the ability to communicate and lord surface everything in my mind and my spirit lord even historical things that have happened in my life maybe that i even forgot about but god surface them lord so that i can give examples and testimonies of the goodness of god and lord i pray that you will help me tonight to articulate your word I'm I'm not here to perform. I'm not here, Lord, to uh, win any awards for oratory or ability to speak. But God, I pray that the words that I speak will be life, Lord, that you will flow through me, that your love and your life and your spirit will just begin to flow from me, Lord, like a fountain. Lord, that your anointing and your grace will rest upon me and that every life and every heart will be touched tonight. And God, that you'll minister this word to us and we'll be encouraged that in the midst of the trial, of the season that you're there with us we thank you and we praise you in Jesus name we ask amen and amen now I'm preaching on seasons and God is so faithful as I begin to study this week God took me to a perfect biblical example here in first Samuel I wasn't even going there to try to pull some kind of a, a bible scripture to uh, put it with this message but it just it just come together that's how God works you know as you rightly divide the word of truth he will begin to bring things to you that he wants spoken I've preached things before and people said how did you know I said I didn't God did He's faithful. He loves you. He wants to talk to us and he will. And so, but uh, uh, God is so faithful and you know Solomon said as I quoted earlier that there's peaceful times and there's times of warfare also to everything there is a purpose under heaven. There's a season for everything. There's a time of war, there's a time of peace. There's a there's a time for everything. And in this particular instance, there's a time for afflictions and trials and tests and war Fair that we go through, and then there's times of breakthrough and victory, and times of peace. I've been there where I was fighting for my life, and I've been there where I was driving down the road, and I said, "Lord, I'm so grateful. My life is at peace. Everything is going good for me, and I praise the Lord right now." Amen. But you got to know that a lot of times, as a Christian, if you're if you're as you're moving along in faith, and as you're growing in God, and as you're furthering in your walk with God, and the kingdom of God. And you're advancing the things of God by preaching and ministry. The enemy's going to come and attack you. He doesn't want you to have any peaceful days but guess what? Our times are not in His hands. Our times are in God's hands. Amen. The seasons are in His hands and I praise God for that. But Solomon said there's peaceful times and there's times of warfare also. And if you're going to serve God and faithfully serve Him, you're going to make advancement to further the the kingdom of God, there will be seasons of warfare. There will be troubles. There will be trials. There will be tests. There will be weariness times that you go through. The, uh, the Apostle Paul said that we're, we're not to be weary in well doing for we will reap. Amen? There's a season where we, where we will reap if we faint not. So don't be weary in well doing. In the season that you're in, keep on keeping on. Stay the course. Keep Hold upon God's unchanging hand. Hold on, amen, and lay hold upon eternal life. There will be seasons that we go through. You will go through troubles in your marriage. And if you haven't ever went through a rough patch, please come take the microphone and tell us how it works. We all go through those times. We all go through the highs and lows. Nobody has a perfect marriage in here. There's no such thing as a marriage made in heaven. They're made here upon this earth. And they're made by the grace of God. And they're made by the Spirit of God. And they're made as people begin to submit to God and His Word and the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit comes out so that you can have a loving relationship and stay together. Praise God. Praise God. You know, Christians should have the greatest relationships, but a lot of times they don't. But you know, if we'll submit ourselves to God, He will begin to bring us through. And we'll have a very loving... He's just that oil that greases the wheel. Amen? He is. He is, and I'm, I'm so thankful for that anointing oil. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for that. But... There will be seasons of warfare, troubles, trials, tests, and weariness. Now there are three characters in our particular text here that I want to use as types and Saul, first of all, who was the king of Israel at that time But he had been stripped of that as far as God was concerned He told Samuel, go down and anoint David And he did And he said, I've, I've rejected Saul from being king over Israel Now he continued on without an anointing upon his life But he continued on. There's people that continue on in things, but there's no anointing on their life. There's churches where the the Spirit of the God left and it departed. But, But we don't want that to be said about us. We want there to be the presence of God in our lives, upon our lives, in our church. We have to be very careful to obey the Word of God. We don't want to grieve the Spirit. We don't want to quench the Spirit of God. Amen. In our marriages, in our homes, in our lives, in our church, anywhere... But Saul is a tool that we see here for the enemy, for the devil. He was a work of the flesh. He never pursued that which was really spiritual. He never pursued that. David always pursued the spiritual. Saul always used, you know, the things of God as a religious, if you will, uh, 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 necessary uh necessary thing he said you know he had to make an altar he had to make a sacrifice but he just did it just to get through the religious ordination or the religious ceremony but that's not what it's all about amen he he always was just working in the flesh and he was a type of the devil if you will who was chasing after David uh you know the remainder of his life he lost his place and he's angry he was angry he was jealous and he was after David just like the devil you know why the devil hates you and I because he lost his place in, his, in eternity think about that he lost his place he was the worship leader and he said I will ascend up to the most high God I'll be greater than him and he was kicked out of heaven and down here to this earth and he's serving a purpose employed by God for a reason and a purpose Sometimes I think, Lord, I wish you'd just get rid of the devil. He said, I will one day. There's a pit prepared for him. Hell is prepared for the devil and his angels. But Saul is a tool for the enemy. A work of the flesh trying to blot out the life of God in David. And the destiny of God in David. And the purpose in God. The heart of God. In David, he was trying to kill him, and he, 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 that was what his typology is, if you will. Jonathan is a type of the help and the aid and the comfort and the guidance and discernment that the Holy Ghost gives. I'm so glad my name's Jonathan. Amen. But he's a type of the aid and the comfort and the guidance and the discernment that the Holy Ghost gives. He always showed up right on time. David is of course a type of Christ. He made many mistakes, but God saw his heart that he had a heart after God's own heart. He he loved Israel. You know, I've seen people and they made mistakes and they got in their flesh at times and they did things that they shouldn't have done, but down deep inside you've got to look, does that person have a heart for God? You know, there's people that you look at and we prejudge them or we judge them by, by, by things that we see. But, you know, you cannot judge somebody and then be defined by one thing that's happened in their life. We don't want people to define us by one wrong judgment or one wrong decision or one, you know, mistake that we made. And we've all made them thank god he 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 doesn't judge us because of one thing, but he removes our sins as far as the East is from the west and his anger is only for a short period of time. Thank God. Thank God he forgives but David made many mistakes but God saw his heart as, as a heart after God's own heart. He loved Israel and how often he had great compassion because he was a good shepherd. God saw the kind of shepherd he was whenever whenever he was on the backside of that sheepfold. He said very easily a little sheep could have been taken and he could have said, "Father, you know what? A, a bear got him today or a lion got the sheep today." But he never let that that bear or that lion get away from taking that sheep he guarded that sheepfold when nobody was looking who you are is who you are when nobody's looking that's who you are amen that's who you are you say I want to be a holy person who are you when nobody's looking who are you in the middle of the night amen oh hallelujah hallelujah he was a good shepherd he risked his life for the sheep he told Saul he said I took out a bear and I took out a lion that tried to take one of my father's sheep one of those lambs so David was anointed and then of course God you know brought him to a place where he could take out a greater giant a greater foe which was Goliath and 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 and, and he changed the course of Israel from victim to victor's Isn't that what Jesus did? Didn't he change us from people that were without strength? And he gave us the victory so that we could walk in the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of faith. David went out there and took out Goliath, took his head off, and from that moment on, Israel's whole trajectory began to change. But church, you got to know something tonight. People aren't going to change if they don't fall in line with the right king. Amen. We have to serve the right king. You can't serve the devil and think you're going to serve God too. It's You need to choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Is what the word of God says. And so if we're going to choose God, we need to choose God. Amen. And it's an awesome thing because I can tell you, you can't hold on to two different kings. Amen. You're either going to dance with the devil or you're going to shout and praise God. So Israel's whole trajectory changed everything changed because through that one instance that one taken out of the giant that was defying Israel defying the people of God David took him out by the power of God he said you come to me with spirit, a sword, a shield but I come to you in the name of the Lord and he flung that rock and it hit exactly where it was supposed to hit and he took off and said on the day of Jesus dying on the cross cross on mount calvary he took out the giant he took out our adversary so we're not victims anymore we're victors in christ jesus can you say amen now saul respected david and he liked him until he became a threat to his kingdom and his reigning power why does the devil hate you so much Because you are glorifying God in the kingdom of heaven. That's why. You are saying in essence, you no longer have power over me. I don't pledge allegiance to you anymore. I serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. I'm not living this life mediocre anymore as a sinner and somebody that's bound by the enemy and and letting the the devil kick me around and play with my life. But I'm serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm on a rock, found, solid rock foundation. Amen. I stand upon it, and I'm serving God today. Praise God. So Saul respected him and liked him until he became a threat to his kingdom and his reigning power. The day you're a And worship moves from the prince of the power of the air to the king of kings, everything changes. You know it. You get saved and you go home, and all hell seems to break loose. You get saved and you tell your cousins or your siblings, I'm not going to go there and do that, you know, I just don't want to do that. And all of a sudden they go, Oh, all of a sudden now you're, you know, all holier than thou. You're better than us. No, I'm different than you. Ain't one of us better than another. I'm different because I serve Jesus. Amen. You don't have to do anything. The Spirit of God will go before you. And they'll see and feel that. Amen. And so, but reading this in chapter 18, verse 9, we see here, that Saul eyed David from the day, that day forward, whenever he began to hear them shouting about how he had taken down 10,000, he said, Oh, What does he want more? He want the kingdom of God? I can tell you, that's why the devil's so mad. That's why he attacks us, because we're not in his kingdom anymore. Amen. We may be in this fallen world, but we're in a new kingdom. The kingdom of God is within us. Hallelujah. And we're advancing it. But he eyed David. In verse 12, he was afraid of David. The Bible says, And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and had departed from Saul. You want to know why people get all nervous around you whenever you're growing closer to God? Is because the hand of God is upon you. The Spirit of God is upon you. And, 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 and that's why Saul was afraid of David, because the Lord was with him. And then in verse 28 and 29, the Bible says, And Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David, and that Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him. And Saul was yet the more afraid of David and Saul became David's enemy continually so let me just share a little piece of wisdom here and advice for you the devil's not a gentleman he hates you he hates anything holy he hates anything of God he hates God's people just settle that in your heart There's no bargaining and negotiating and playing or dealing with the devil except head on. It's Jesus. Amen. And so you've got to know that. He's going to be and is our enemy continually. Always continually. In 1 Samuel 24 verse 20, the Bible says this. The enemy knows what God has in store for us. And in 1 Samuel 24, 20, Saul said unto David uh, one of the last times that he had set out to try to take him out. And he said, Now behold, I know well that thou shalt surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. He knew that. The devil knows or sees God's plan and hand upon our lives. There are seasons that we go through and there are seasons of affliction and seasons of warfare and seasons of troubles and trials. Seasons where it seems like our minds get the best of us and they, they, all these thoughts are dropped in our minds. Where do you think those things came from? Enemy hates us. Get that settled. Jesus told Peter, Satan desires to sift you like wheat. But I am praying that your faith fail not. And when you're converted, Jesus' words are very telling. He said, strengthen your brethren. When you're converted, that tells us troubles, trials, and tests have a season. Did not Satan come and tempt Jesus, but the Bible says he left him for a season? You want to know why? Because Satan is not omnipresent. He's not omnipresent. He's not omnipotent. He's not omniscient. He's not all-powerful. He's not all-knowing. And He's not all-present. But our God is. He is ever-present. When I'm going through something, He's the same God to you, maybe 100 or 200 miles away, and you, Justin, and you, Kyle, and you, wherever we're at, He is everywhere for everybody, every time, with all power and all knowledge for every situation, all the time. But the devil is only there for a season. And we know, Jesus said, there's going to be a season where the enemy is going to try to sift you like wheat. But I'm praying that your faith fail not. That tells us troubles, trials, and tests through Jesus' own words are very telling. That troubles, trials, and tests have a season and then there's a breakthrough. Trouble don't last always. Job's trial had an end. Isn't that wonderful? You know, you read the beginning of Job the book of Job And you see all the things that he went through And his comforters that came And tried to give him advice and counsel You know And he's just looking at them And he's saying You're not going through what I'm going through You know it just irritates me a lot of times People will say the most stupidest things Or they try to sound spiritual to you Or sound like You know Like they've they've got something to say Because you don't know You know What you're really going through You can't define it You can't describe it You can't discern it or interpret it I can tell you, I'm going through it. I know what I'm going through. You know what you're going through when you're going through it. You feel that, but people will come and say sometimes the most, the the, the most stupidest things the most uh, you know they're in they're in compassion or in compassionate things they're they're they' they're just they're platitudes that's the word to use a lot of times people will just give you platitudes but job had a trial but that came to an end his comforters were put basically to flight he had to pray for them for God to you know to to to, to touch them and to minister to them if it hadn't been for job's prayer Jesus uh, was in the wilderness but that wilderness time had an end. Jeremiah in the Old Testament was a prisoner and he had a prison stay but that prison stay had an end. Noah's ark was what 40 days upon this earth in the rain and it had an end and David's attack had an end now he was attacked again by his son but he had an end to this trial and this test in Psalms 30 verses 1 through 5 and let me just say to you seasons that we go through of trials and afflictions and warfare I just lump them all together because it was a warfare against David but it was a trial to see what he would do. Two times he had an opportunity to take King Saul out, but he said I'm not going to touch God's anointed. You know whenever you have information that you could absolutely exonerate yourself and incriminate someone else because you've got facts but God tells you don't say anything. Let him do the exposing. He knows how to do it. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. Whenever you try to repay, you take it out of the hands of the Lord. Let Him take care of it. In Psalms 30, verses 1-5, through David said, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee and thou hast healed me. O Lord, Thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. For His anger endureth, but for a moment, in His favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Aren't you thankful that weeping may endure for a night? Trials may be for a season, but joy comes in the morning. Joy cometh in the morning. I remember whenever I had COVID and I was bent over after about 9 days 8 days and i said god my my spit is pink i'm i'm spitting up Pink and I'm the, the phlegm that I have, and I'm it began to frighten me. I began to get scared, and I bent over that chair, and I said, God, I began to weep, and I said, Lord, you are my healer. You are the one that's the only one that's gonna be able to heal me. I'm not going to that hospital. I don't know that I'll make it out of that hospital, but I'm believing you, God, to heal me. And I cried my heart out. There is a cry that awakens the master, amen. There's a cry that gets all hold of God and I begin to cry and I heard his voice in my spirit he said get up and go to bed you'll be well in the morning and I woke up the next morning and guess what joy came in the morning weeping endured for eight days and a night but joy cometh in the morning it came and I got up and I said you know what I'm ready to eat I'm feeling better I mean, I'm not going to act like that I was ready to go out and take a run and take a lap, but I felt good enough to get up and sit down and eat something. And it didn't feel like I had to lay there in that bed for the next two weeks, like a dead battery. There is an end to this season. It doesn't rain always. There's an old gospel song that says, It doesn't rain always. Thank God the sun comes out. (laughs) Trouble seasons come to an end. Even the disciples had their seasons in the book of Acts chapter 2. But they had a time where they were breaking bread and with gladness in their heart and the Lord added to the church. They had a period of peace and season of peace and where they were advancing the kingdom. Yeah, the devil reared his ugly head about the fourth and fifth chapter on through the book of Acts. But they had a season in the beginning. Isn't it wonderful to go through a season where you feel God's peace in your heart? And I'm sure David felt overwhelmed and and for for as I studied I thought lord not only was Saul after David but there were Collaborating efforts at work in that season of his life, and it was several years off and on. The the Kelothites and the Ziphites and the Moanites all had turned against him, or at least where he was at a place where he didn't have any help from those folks in uh, Kela I'll just call it that, Kela, Kela in in uh, second in First Samuel chapter twenty three. The Bible says this, turn there with me, 1 Samuel 23, and the scripture says, Then they told David, saying, Behold, the Philistines fight against Keilah, Keilah, and they robbed the threshing floor. In other words, the Philistines had come, and they had robbed them of their harvest. Here's these people, and look at the heart of David, look at the heart of God. then David, excuse me. Therefore David inquired of the Lord and he said, Shall I go and smite these Philistines? And the Lord said unto David, Go and smite the Philistines and save Keilah and David's men said unto him behold we be afraid here in Judah how much more then if we come to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines then David inquired of the Lord yet again and the Lord yet again and the Lord answered him and said arise go down to Keilah for I will deliver the Philistines into thine hand here's a man who says I see an enemy that's come against the people of God he's in his state of running or in essence, I don't want to say running, but trying to preserve his life and defend himself. And he says, there's somebody that needs help. How many knows in your trouble, God can use you in a great way? Amen. Have you ever been going through something and somebody came up and you spoke life into them? A lot of times that doesn't happen, but it should and it can. I've been at some of the lowest moments of my life and God said don't speak a word to them about what you're going through. Speak life to them. I've stood in this pulpit many times many times more times than i care to to confess to you and i was preaching victory to the people of god while i was going through one of the darkest lowest valleys of my life i would preach to the people and watch them get in the altars and go home and say god i need that same touch from you when you're going through your darkest hour i want you to know god will use you to bring deliverance and healing and a touch to somebody's life just remember no matter what you're going through that That doesn't change God. He's still an all-powerful God. He's still an all-powerful God of grace. He's a God who will meet you and flow through you and minister to the people that are in front of you. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Just remember Jesus was on the boat too when the storm kicked up. You think his pillow didn't get wet? but he stood up in the midst of that and began to speak peace be still and the water was still. you say well he's jesus the same jesus lives in us greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world greater is he that's in you than the storm that you're facing Greater is He that's in you than the things that are surrounding you to try to take you out. Greater is He that's in you than the enemy that's come against your mind. Just remember this. He comes against you in your mind because He knows you are a threat to Him. You've got to remember that. Don't forget that. So read this with me. So David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their cattle smote them with a the great slaughter so David saved the inhabitants of Kela. and it came to pass when Ab- Ab- Abathar the son of Ahimelech fled to David and Keilah that he came down with an ephod in his hand that's a prayer garment amen thank God for the ephod you know we, we, we have a in essence a spiritual ephod we don't even really need the ephod we just have to go boldly before the throne of grace we have acts to the throne of God. Amen? We have access to go right into the throne of God and the throne of grace in our time of need and trouble. He's a God who hears us when we pray. But at this point in time they had an ephod. Give me that ephod. Let me put that on and let me begin to to go before the Lord. And so Abathar is there and he comes down to where David's at where he's just won a victory with his men and brought back not only taken out the Philistines but he brought back a spoil. He said, not only did we take out the Philistines, but we brought back this spoil, the cattle. We brought back everything. Amen. Great slaughter is an awesome thing. And it was told Saul that David was come to Keilah And Saul said, God hath delivered him into my hand, for he is shut in by entering into a town that has gates and bars. And Saul called all the people together to war to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. And David knew that Saul secretly practiced mischief against him. And he said to Abathar the priest, Bring hither the ephod. Then said David, O Lord God of Israel, thy servant hath certainly heard that Saul seeks to come. Tequila, to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Calah deliver me up into his hand? Will Saul come down as the servant hath heard? O Lord God of Israel, beseech thee, tell thy servant. And the Lord said, he will come down. Okay, we understand that. Now the next question. Then said David, will the men of Calah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will deliver you up. Thank you. No good deed goes unpunished. You want to know what that means? When you do something, it always comes back. It seems to bite you. Not saying that you shouldn't do things, but I have found that no good deed a lot of times doesn't go without punishment. The things that I have done the most for for people in this church and in the ministry that I've had have burnt me the worst. Amen. I'm just going to tell you right now, there have been times I've paid rent. There are times I did a lot of things for people. And then some time passes by and all of a sudden I'm the Antichrist. And I'm like, well, I wasn't the Antichrist whenever you were getting your rent paid. When my heart bled for you. When I was working a part-time job to help you out. Amen. When I took my savings and bought you a car. Oh, pastor, look, I'm not looking for a reward. I've come to tell you today that the people it seems like that you help, the greatest are the ones that when you, when you need them to stand behind you and be loyal. It's right here in the Bible. In your darkest, lowest hour, just remember this. Lean upon the Lord because man shouldn't fail you, but they do. They're very disloyal to you at times. And so you just might as well just make sure that you lean upon the Lord and not upon anything else. Even the apostle Paul said, I leaned upon John Mark and that that I leaned upon that read and it broke. Amen. There's, and now, there was a time whenever he brought him back, and he, he forgave that, and he brought him back and included him in the ministry because we're supposed to be forgiving. But, you know, um, these things happen, and it's very frustrating for you whenever you seem to have done so much. David helped them and had compassion for them. And, and and in your season of warfare, as I said, you can hear the voice of God directing you and to bring help and aid and deliverance to others. But what's tragic is they turned on David. David. The Ziphites were the next ones. In chapter 23, verse 14, the Bible says this, And David abode in the wilderness and strongholds and remained in the mountain in the wilderness of Ziph, in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day, but God delivered him not into his hand. Isn't that awesome? God knows how to move you and cause you to be a step ahead of the enemy. Amen. He knows how to cause you to be a step ahead of the devil. And David saw that that Saul was come out to seek his life and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a wood. And Jonathan, he says... Saul's son arose and went to David into the wood and strengthened his hand in God. And he said unto him, Fear not, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find thee, and thou shalt be king over Israel, and I shall be next unto thee, and that also Saul my father knows. And they two made a covenant before the Lord, and David abode in the wood, and Jonathan went to his house. Then came up the Ziphites to Saul to Gibeah, saying, Doth not David hide himself with us in strongholds in the wood in the hill of Hakalai? which is on the south of Jeshimon. Now therefore, O king, come down according to all the desire of thy soul to come down and our part shall be to deliver him into the king's hand. And Saul said, Blessed be ye of the Lord for you have compassion on me. Don't let the devil fool you. Do you know there's people that will... Strum on your heartstrings and tell you a sob story, get you off in the corner. And I mean they're manipulative and they'll make angels weep. The devil wants you to have compassion on people sometimes that all they're doing is manipulating you with emotion and they're wrong. Brother Clendenin always taught us something, and I want you to remember this. He said, don't ever let your compassion overrun your conviction. Amen. Don't ever let your compassion overrun your conviction. Now, people say, oh, you know, you can't be too compassionate. I'm going to tell you, I have done things before that I knew God told me to do, and I saw that it had its desired result. But I come out one time out of In-N-Out Burger. I'll never forget this. I had a man, he strummed on my heartstrings. I need something to eat. I need money, this and that. So I went in and I bought him a hamburger. and I bought him a combo. That was back when they were cheap. Er. Now everything costs an arm and a leg. But I went to my car and I watched him. When he thought I was out of eyesight, he took that whole thing and he threw it in the trash. And I thought, that was like 10 bucks, buddy. He just threw it in the truck. You know, <sighs> he wanted money. He wanted drug money or alcohol money or whatever. And, and so, but, but that, that hurt my feelings, man. I was like, man, who does that? I'm telling you, those Saul said, Thank you for your compassion on me. I want you to know something that that's why we need to pray. And some people say, oh, you're wrong. I'm not wrong. We need to pray that God will lead us of what we're supposed to do even in our almsgiving. Amen. You know, even in our almsgiving. You know, you get to talking to somebody and they want something. You say, "I'll I'll I'll buy you something." No, I don't want anything, dude. I want some money. I need this for this. I said, "No." You 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 know, you said you said you're hungry, so I want to get you something. You gotta you gotta you gotta you know, pilfer through that and sift through that. I should say not pilfer, but sift through it and discern. We have to have discernment because there's people that are really hurting and there's people that want to manipulate you. And we have to use wisdom. We have to use wisdom, and so. But the Ziphites, you know, Satan had a plan to uh, to trap David uh, through Saul. And God is always a step ahead. The Holy Ghost which is a type, Jonathan met him and he said he strengthened him in verse 16 and 17 and we read it and he encouraged him. He is an ever-present help in our time of need and trouble. The friend sent alongside is the paraclete, the comforter. So David went from there down to the wilderness of Moan, and Saul pursued him there. He pursued him there. But yet again, God stepped in and distracted Saul and his men. And yet even down to Engedi also in chapter 24. I'm moving along quick because of time but Saul pursued him but things began to turn after that we see here in this uh, as we move along and we see one time after another after another in this season that David was in he's under attack he's under persecution he's under assault but every time God was there with him in that season church we're going to go through those seasons but God is always going to be with us and there for us in that season and church if all things are working together for our spiritual good in Christ. Because I thought, Lord, everywhere David was going, there was a front against him in Ziph, in Moan, and in Gedi, down with the Keilites, all that were around about. You know, it just seemed like on every front, he said, The enemy comes, just like God said in his word, All things are working for our good. The devil's a master counterfeiter, all things are working for your destruction and your and your death and your destruction. That's what's taking place. All hell is collaborating to come against us and all things are at work to destroy us. But we serve a God, amen, who is God our back, hallelujah, who said in his word that, that, that nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Nothing shall separate us. He said no weapon formed against us shall prosper. He never said they wouldn't try to prosper but no weapon formed against us shall prosper in our season nothing shall separate us from the love of God and if God be for us who can be against us So if you got somebody on the job and you say, I'm going through an issue with my job and I seem to have an adversary and a persecution coming against me, just keep on serving God. Just walk before the Lord. God will deal with them. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a business situation. Maybe it's something that's going on in a relationship in the church. I don't know, but I know this much. We go through seasons and God said that the trouble doesn't last always. We have a God who hears us. Oh, I wasn't going to read this, but I'm going to. I just, I'm just going to. In Psalms 31, the Bible says this in verse 11 through 16. He said, I was a reproach, David, did, among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors, and a fear to mine acquaintances. They that did see me without fled from me, and I am forgotten as a dead man out of my mind. I am like a broken vessel. For I am heard. I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side while they took counsel together against me. They devised to take away my life. But I trusted in Thee. Did you hear that? I trusted in Thee. O oh Lord, I said, Thou art my God. You're my God. My times are in Thy hand. Deliver me from the hands of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Hallelujah. This we know God is with us and God is for us. Amen. But I want to give us some warnings for the seasons. I'm going to make this as quickly as I can because just as prosperous seasons can bring a false sense of security, that you know what? I'm self dependent, I'm independent. I don't need God. And it breeds in you a lack of dependence upon God. You've got to be very careful in seasons of prosperity. Did not the word of God say, Be careful when you're full. Beware when you're full. Don't take your ease at Zion. Amen. Harsh seasons and troubles and trials and tests can bring a hardness also. A jadedness. I've seen people not get better in the church, but get bitter in the church. The same sun that will melt butter will tan leather. So, the season that you're going through is going to do one of, the, one of the two. David was tested that he would not kill Saul two times. He could have. He never touched God's anointed. And I want to tell you, as you go through things, don't touch God's anointed. Because you don't know if they're going to repent. You pray that they will. But don't touch God's anointed. People will either repent or they'll hang themselves. Saul hung himself. Haman hung himself. Judas hung himself. Don't you do it or else you will suffer God's judgment. Yet there's another warning to consider that I want you to get tonight. First Samuel twenty seven, one. The Bible says this, and I want you to turn there because we're gonna close with this scripture, I think. First Samuel twenty seven. This is a part of the word of God that I don't ever remember reading. The Bible says in chapter 27, after everything that David went from from chapter 17 to chapter 27, all of the running, all of the the, the hiding, all of the betrayal, all of the constant, constant, constant chasing after him to destroy him, all of the fear, all of the heartache, all of the pain, because it's hard whenever you love somebody and they don't love you back. David said in his heart, because David loved Saul. He loved him. He called him father. He called him a father. He loved him. David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines. And Saul shall despair of me to seek me anymore in any coast of Israel, so shall I escape out of his hands. So what David said is, I'm going to go down to Gath where Goliath came from. Think about that. I don't know if anybody is thinking, what's the use? I'm just going to go back to my old life. That life doesn't have anything for you. The devil will tell people, just leave your family. Just leave the church. Just leave this, leave that. Just, it's as if it's actually, you think it's actually, he's a liar. You honestly think it's going to be better? At least under the covering of our Lord, we're under the blood. And we have the grace of God to help us through the trials. But to think that going back is going to make it better, going back to Egypt, no. But David said in his heart, he didn't inquire of the Lord. He said in his heart, I'll now perish one day by the hand of Saul. Nothing better for me. I should just escape into the land of the Philistines. Maybe he'll leave me alone. I had a man one time that went to the prisons with me he was a very successful man in business he started going to the prisons with me and the devil came and attacked him and he quit he not only quit the prisons but he left here and i got word from somebody who said when he started going to the jails and the prisons that all hell began to break loose because god was using him and i thought so you went over and you surrendered to the enemy And said, I'll quit going to the prisons and quit going to the jails. And I'll even quit the church that I'm in that stirred my heart to want to go in the first place. Where the Spirit of God was moving. He let the devil win. This is exactly what happened with David. When the moment, when Saul began, this was when everything shifted and changed. It stopped at that moment. As far as I know and I read, that he never had another encounter again. But Saul died very shortly after that. But let me just say to you, he was tested. He was tested. And he goes down and David said in his heart, I shall perish one day by the hand of Saul. And we can move from a heart for God That's forgiving, compassionate, gracious to a heart that is depressed. And when you listen to your own counsel, you're in trouble. Because David listened to his own discouraging counsel. There were times David encouraged himself in the Lord. When they went to Ziklag and and God judged that and all of that happened, you know, and he was distraught, they were going to stone him. He encouraged himself in the Lord but it's, it's, it's one thing to encourage yourself in the Lord and say, you know what, you're going to make it because God's going to bring you through. You're going to make it. Everything's going to be all right. It's a whole different ballgame whenever you're speaking words of discouragement and disbelief and you're surrendering to the attack of the enemy and saying, I guess this is the way it's always going to be. I remember driving to school whenever I was 17, and I'm not even going to tell you what I said, but I just I drove and I said, this is the way I'm always going to be. Nothing's ever going to change. There's people that said, this is the way it's always going to be. No. Just remember, there's there's life or death in the power of your tongue. Your words have great power and weight and strength and faith. Amen. So when you get up and you look in the mirror in the morning and you say, you know what, you're a child of God. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. Listen, some people, they say, oh, pastor, you're being weird. I'm not. Amen. Get up and say, you know what? Today, this is the day the Lord has made. I put my feet on the ground. Amen. I love it because the Spirit of God began to come and meet David. And I was reading that about Jonathan and I thought, he took his armor. Jesus, What Jesus did, Saul's armor could never help David, but Jesus' armor can help us. We're to put on the whole armor of God. Amen. Think about it. And he disrobed and he gave him that armor because he said, you're to be king. Amen. We're to rule and reign with him. Think about it. Look in that mirror in the morning and say, you know what? You're a child of God. You belong to him. Today, this mind is not the devil's. This mind belongs to God. This mind is going to be in Christ. Amen. I'm going to speak things that are lovely, things that are holy, things that are pure. Things I'm going to think on these things. Amen. I'm going to think on things of faith. I'm going to trust God. Amen. I'm not going to speak defeat, but speak, amen, words of life and of hope and of faith and of change and of healing and of deliverance. Speak that. Amen. Speak the word of God. Hallelujah. God's looking for us to speak life and not negativity. And David said, he said in the word of God, here we read it, he said in his heart, that's the problem. People listen to their own heart and not the word and the heart of God your own heart and your own understanding is a dangerous place I had a friend of mine uh, somebody that came to this church years ago and he said I'm just going to follow my heart well his heart led him into a lifestyle that God says is ungodly and an abomination I said don't listen to your heart brother Your heart's desperately wicked above all things and deceitful. Only God knows your heart. And He knows how to try those reins. He knows how to bring you to a place where you don't trust in your even your own heart. Amen. Because there's sometimes my heart felt in a certain way and I spoke out of my mouth. My heart began to speak. Amen. Out of my out of, From the abundance of my heart, I begin to speak and I begin to say things. Don't trust your own heart because your own heart is deceptive at times. You can have a pure heart and we should have a pure heart and we can have a pure heart and words of life can come out. But whenever you're in a place of discouragement and that's where David was. It's one thing As I said, to encourage yourself. But when you speak discouragement, you're the weapon of the enemy against your own self. Did you hear me? You become the devil's closest, most lethal weapon from your own self. One time, I was laying in bed. This was years ago. I was so burdened down. I was working full time at CFI, at the the aerospace company. I was under pressure. I was loaded down... I remember I was in every ministry you can imagine. I was at Living Waters. I was a worship leader. I was youth pastor. I was doing street ministry. I was going to the prisons. I was tapped out. I'm telling you I was stretched thin. And I I was doing too much stuff but nobody I'm just going to tell I'm not blaming anybody but they were like I need you here. I need you here. I need you here. And I did what everybody wanted me to do. I did whatever ministry that they put before me. I did it. Plus I worked full time. I, I, I actually neglected my wife and my kids was as I begin to do ministry which is wrong because if you don't take care of your wife and your kids you'll lose your ministry amen so there has to be balance I'm not saying you don't do it but everybody wanted me everywhere and I was doing it and I crawled up in my bed one day my mouth broke out with sores I looked like I had somebody took a cigarette and they burnt my lip I had huge big old big old canker they weren't even canker sores they looked like somebody burnt my mouth I had big old huge sores, and I just crawled up in my bed, and I just began to cry, and I'm weeping. And I went over there, and I told Angela, I said, I'm done. I quit. I'm done. I can't do anything. I don't even want to get out of bed. I don't even want to get out of bed. And I'm laying there, and i have never been in that place before. I was just at rock bottom. And I'm so grateful for people of faith that come and speak life to you. And she said, Jonathan, she said, God didn't call you to be in this bed. I know you're down. I know you're, you're, you know, you're burdened down. And I know you've got a lot on your plate. She said, but you need to get up and get out of this bed. Don't let that devil keep you here in that state of depression. You know, you're turning in on yourself. I was there. I laid there. But you know what? It was whenever I began to get up and say, you know what? I've got something to live for. I've got a Jesus to live for. I've got a God to live for. Amen. I've got a purpose. I've got a destiny. Amen. And I had to go and say, I can't do everything. I can't do all of this and thank God my pastor pulled me to the side and he said I've already talked to this department and that department you're doing too much and I thought praise God somebody stepped in amen but but, you know but I'm grateful for my wife that spoke life into me Uh, hallelujah thank God that you know God gives you that wife or that husband and they can speak faith to you and speak life to you and pour into you in your lowest moment in your lowest hour I was there I've been there and for just a second I thought what's the use but David he began to lean on the arm of the flesh we cannot let our heart give us directions this must come from God His Word and His Holy Spirit I remember a season when I went from being attacked to listening to my own heart and wallowing in depression and rejection and offenses but God said I never rejected you I never rejected you. I never abandoned you. But I've always showed myself faithful to you through it all. We can allow those seasons to completely rule us, ruin us, deflate us, defaith us. Or we can be complete in Him. And He said, You're my child. Do not miss the lesson in the season. Don't miss the harvest in the season a harvest of God's grace, a harvest of the testimony. That God has always been there. Do you have a testimony that He's always been there? I have a testimony that, Lord, it is because of the Lord's mercies that I'm not consumed. Jeremiah said, in Lamentations for thy mercies, they fail not. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. There's a harvest of a breakthrough. There's a harvest of peace. There's a harvest of knowing this has all been for the advancement and the glory of God. Just remember this, and I say this to you. David lost 16 months at Gath. Ziklag burned to the ground. His family suffered. And it almost cost him. They were ready to stone him. 600 of his men, not Saul. It's pretty bad whenever your own undoing is because of you. You have to wake up and know this is a season, but God's going to meet me in the midst of this season. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Would you tonight, before we leave, just bow your heads in prayer.